So welcome to the first mini deep dive, where we don't go song by song or story by story through an album, but we just pick one song by itself. We will do these from time to time at the end of a season just to give some space between albums. And to be completely honest, I like new seasons starting at the beginning of a month rather than in the middle. So look for the new season to start this fall with a brand new deep dive. Jennifer Knapp's major label debut album from 1998 titled Kansas. In the meantime, here is the first of two mini deep dives. Enjoy. Four-year-old Anna Larsen boarded a ship in her hometown of Stavanger, Norway with her parents and younger brother Hans and sailed west across the Atlantic to America, settling in a growing Scandinavian community in northern Chicago. Not long after arriving, Anna's mother and brother were caught up in a wave of the cholera outbreak that scourged the Midwest in the 1840s. Within ten years of leaving their home country, cholera had taken Anna's father as well leaving her alone by age 15. Anna enrolled in Dearborn Seminary, where she studied theology, mathematics, and the liberal arts. She began to also attend a community Sunday school class taught by a local attorney named Horatio Spafford. Their friendship blossomed over their shared faith and mutual involvement in the Sunday school movement that was started by Horatio's friend and evangelist, Dwight L. Moody. When Anna turned 19, she married the 33-year-old Horatio and was blessed over the next 10 years with four daughters. As Horatio's law practice grew, the Spaffords began investing in real estate, contributing to the rapid growth of Chicago's sprawling metropolis during the post-Civil War Industrial Revolution period. In the fall of 1871, Horatio left for a business trip, leaving Anna behind to tend to their four daughters, including newborn Tanetta. One evening, a devastating fire broke out in the heart of the city, pushed north by autumn winds, leaving the Spaffords' investments to ashes, along with 17,000 city buildings over 2,000 square acres in what became later known as the Great Chicago Fire. As Anna spent the next two years recovering from the physical toll of the fire, Horatio tried to recover the family's investments, by selling off their remaining real estate properties in and around Chicago. Upon the suggestion of a doctor, Horatio booked a trip to Europe to aid in Anna's recovery while they were there. They planned to visit D.L. Moody, who was preaching in England at the time. But just as they were preparing to board a passenger steamer bound for France, the sale of their final remaining property fell through. With the assurance from a handful of ministers already on board to look after her and her daughters, Anna boarded the transatlantic steamer with the promise that her husband would meet them as soon as he could. The ironclad steamship left New York Harbor on the 15th of November, bound for northern France, carrying 313 passengers and crew. Around 2 a.m. on the sixth night at sea, Two thunderous booms shook the passengers awake. As passengers raced to the top deck, 
Captain Marino Cermonte kept assuring the crowd that all is well, all is well, all is well. They had just been struck by a smaller iron clipper, but all was not well. Almost immediately, the ship began to break apart. As men scrambled to lead women and children to safety, the main mast snapped in half, crashing down on two of the lifeboats already filled, killing several passengers and injuring several more, including Anna, who was thrown into the ocean. Reverend Nathaniel Weiss, one of the ministers who looked after the Spafford's children, would later write, The hungry waves rushed suddenly upon the afterdeck, and in an instant everything was swallowed up in the yawning gulf. We felt ourselves wild around and around as if in a vast funnel, and rolled over the depths of an abyss which seemed immeasurable. Anna held tightly to two-year-old Tanetta as they were tossed around the whirlpool until a large piece of debris fell upon the ship and struck her already injured arm, causing Anna to lose her grip as the toddler drifted asleep below the waves. One more large piece of debris fell on Anna, knocking her away from the sinking ship, though unconscious and out to calm waters. The two middle daughters, nine-year-old Maggie and five-year-old Bessie, clung to an American man as he swam towards safety, but before he could reach a lifeboat, each girl, either by exhaustion or injury, lost her grip and slipped below the surface. The oldest daughter, eleven-year-old Annie, was last seen on the deck of the ship as it broke apart. The British ship that struck the French passenger steamer was able to rescue 61 crew and just 26 passengers, including Anna and Reverend Weiss. 226 souls were lost. Reverend Weiss later recorded Anna's words, God gave me my four little daughters. It is he who has taken them from me, and he will make me understand and accept his will. Nine days after the shipwreck, Anna and the rest of the survivors arrived in Wales where she was able to send a telegraph back to Horatio in Chicago, reading simply, Saved alone. What shall I do? Upon hearing the news of the disaster, Horatio boarded a ship bound for Wales. As he was crossing the Atlantic, Horatio wrote a letter to Anna's sister Rachel, which said in part, on Thursday last, we passed over the spot where she went down in mid-ocean, the waters three miles deep. But I do not think our dear ones are there. They are safe and folded, the dear lambs. Just a few days prior, Horatio had been called to the private cabin of the captain where he was informed that they were sailing over the very spot where his four daughters had been lost. Retreating to his cabin, Horatio penned the following refrain. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. It was only later that the third line would be changed to, Thou hast taught me to say. 
Horatio's first refrain, along with five more verses, was given to Philip Bliss, a composer and mutual friend to Dwight L. Moody, who added the melody and published the song in Ira D. Senke's Gospel Hymns and Sacred Songs. In the years following the shipwreck, Anna and Horatio had three more children, a son, also named Horatio, sandwiched between two more daughters. In 1880, one final tragedy struck the family as young four-year-old Horatio died from scarlet fever. They eventually settled to Jerusalem, where they adopted a son and set up a peaceful community of Christians drawn from around the world. While that utopian community didn't last, their compound was turned into a hotel and incidentally was chosen as the meeting place 90-plus years later for the historic Oslo Peace Treaty, which brought together Christians, Jews, and Muslims. But before the Spaffords left for their new life in Jerusalem, they left one final mark in their hometown of Chicago. Following the death of their second son in 1880, Horatio and Anna opened up their home for weekly prayer meetings. The gathering grew so quickly that it caught the attention of the local press, which in turn wrote stories about them and gave them the name, The Overcomers. Like a river And I tend my way When sorrows like sea billows roll And what is
Well 